to Stock Talk Podcast, where topics are covered and questions are answered across all parts of the show stock industry. Get ready to learn and laugh with your hosts, Trevor Kirkpatrick and Corey Edge. We're going down a different avenue this week, Corey, and I like it. It's, uh, I think we started a series, not to copycat um, Mr. Hook, but we've sparked a lot of interest within the topic that we're going to discuss today. Oh, yes. And, uh, man, Sarah is a wealth of knowledge, which we'll get to after a bit, but it's been um, quite intriguing. I've learned more and more about the breathing technologies uh, after talking to her, and sounds like we're going to have some more discussion after that. So uh, pretty exciting stuff. No doubt about it. And what's so cool about this interview is it's, like you said, different than anything we've done. And we talk about that in the show a little bit, but it's just really cool to talk more about genetics Mm -hmm. because that's, that's a topic we haven't hardly touched as far as the technical side of things go and what options you have as breeders and um, really neat discussion. Also, you ask in the episode about show big stuff. Yes. So in my new position, uh, it is in, in the bylaws of the ABA, uh, it does talk about embryo transfer. Mm. Uh, but if that option never exists, that you know, embryo transfer litters can be recorded and it talks about how they can be recorded and whatnot. So evidently, we are thinking ahead. Uh-huh. How is the first week on the job? It's good. Uh, like everything, when you start a new position somewhere, you've got to gather lots of information. So that's pretty much this week for me is right. gathering information, doing the organizational things, uh, learning past processes, mm-hmm. developing new processes, that sort of thing. So Sweet. it's been good. It's been good. You know, uh, another place that has a ton of information uh, is Walton Webcasting because uh, unlike reading a book, you can just almost watch their chapters, if you know what I mean. Uh, yep. And uh, don't forget, like, Greg is starting to get back on the road a little bit, been a little busy. I know we haven't talked about that, but uh, on the road with Greg is always a good touch. And don't forget, folks, they have now two different Facebook pages. There's the Walton Webcasting Live which is where they post their shows on Facebook and their regular Facebook page where that you can get information. Um, so if uh, you have an upcoming event and you want it to be out to the world for everybody to see, which is very, very smart, you do it with Walton Webcasting. Um, and if you're not in the business to sell anything and you just want to watch livestock shows, well, they've saved our lives in the pandemic and uh, you can see almost every, everyone there. No doubt about it. There's uh there's a lot to be said for the work that they've done. Obviously, this summer they were honored with a distinguished, uh, distinguished service award. Yes, which was very cool. Which was really neat to to see there. Very deserving, and couldn't ask for better people to work with. So, mm-hmm. um, I saw the other day they had uh, they had some form of a a uh, I don't know if it was graduation or uh, it was way different than livestock. Oh, or basketball or football. It was something completely different. So sad, like, yeah. we got to remember the roots of Walton started by filming high school sports. Yes. What you can go back and listen to um, back yeah. in the teens, I think, of the episodes. Yep. Do you remember how in, in our episode, The Boys, how Johnson said, you know, his career would be as a sportscaster? Yes. That's what that's what he should do part time is more people need to get their high schools, uh, especially during COVID when we can't have a whole lot of fans around to film high school sports and Johnson be the guy making the call. Looking live. Yes. Brent Mossbarger. That'd be awesome. (laughs) Holy cow. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, And another great sponsor and supporter of the show, show cattle connection. Uh, I'm flipping through their website right now. looks like today, uh, Fixed Cattle Company is having their sale on Show Cattle Connection along with Burks. Um, Show Cattle, uh, they're going to have their sale. Virginia, 
Uh, Club Calf Producers is in a couple days, so uh, I could go on and on. The, the list is long, and it's long because that's the place you should be selling them if you're in the business to get your uh, your calves sold and, and out there to the world. Show Cattle Connection has a huge list of knowledgeable representatives that will help you get that done. And if you're in the market for them, if you're ready to fill that empty barn after the county fair or whatever, uh, there's there's sales going on right now that you can just yep. uh, go ahead and fill those stalls. And don't forget, I know it's maybe a slower season to sell them live, but if you have embryos or frozen genetics to sell, mm-hmm. there's you won't you won't reach any more people than if you're on an online platform. That's true. So be thinking about that come you know February when things are a little bit slower. Yeah, that's 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 pretty smart. So, love our folks there at uh, Showcow Connection, Walton Webcasting, um, two industry leaders, may, might I add, industry-leading businesses. So, um, good stuff, and um, man, got a lot of topics that we're going to cover in this episode, but I'm looking forward to some of the segments we do uh, before every week, uh, one of which is Hats Off, brought to you by Fierce Threads, and uh, I'm really excited to get our Fierce Thread embroidered uh, apparel that uh, people purchase there on the online store. And uh, if you're in the the business to get your logo on some gear, well, Fierce Threads is the place to do it. Uh, just give them a call. They're really good people to work with. Uh, they'll get you on the books and walk you through the process and what materials maybe you want to be on. And, of course, there's Big Pole Lifestyle, too, which you just buy right from their store. So really Well, cute. I can promise you this. Uh, when I am getting ready to order some apparel for myself, um, for the ABA, we're going to go to Fierce Threats. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There we yes. go. Well, and uh, By the way, Team Purebred has some new apparel that they got done by Fierce Threads, uh-huh. and it is Legit. schnazzy. Legitness. Yeah. Holy buckets. I haven't used I want to have to schnazzy look. in a sentence in a while. Snazzy. So that just goes to tell you how good stuff it is. Mm. Yes. Anyway. I'm in. All right. Well, what, you just want me to go first this time? So you can think on it, or do you got one? Yeah, I mean, I got, I got one. All right, go for it. This week, my hat goes off to you, office IT person. <laughs> Monday, I spent roughly four hours with the uh, with our IT person getting my computer and everything set up, and he was talking about sending codes to printers, and uh, I was really confused, but I'm glad he did it. And I'm sure any of you that work in the normal world outside of your livestock passion, you understand that these people are are invaluable. We need them on our side. So if you work in IT, God bless you. Dude, that's actually something you don't really think about. But, uh, (laughs) you know. Trevor, Trevor, you're our IT person pretty much. In, in ways uh i don't know yeah in ways in ways i don't have near the patience and the uh that they do with uh, and knowledge and just like sending codes like who who knows but i'm the editor i can edit stuff yes yeah. <laughs> what's the, with the help of youtube of course but all right this week my hat goes off to you couple that pictures together oh <laughs> Rather it be baby pigs, rather it be out in the pasture. Uh, If you're still married after seasons and seasons of picturing your livestock together, hats off to you. Because there's some success right there. Yeah, there's some out there who do it all the time. They do a darn good job at it. Uh, I would I would advise you that it's probably the most argument you'll have (laughs) within a marriage or uh, your significant other. Uh, that's why you hire people, hire people like Legacy Livestock Imaging uh, to do your photography. Uh, but anyways, my hat goes off to you if you do it because it's uh, high stakes and it gets a little frustrating. But my hat goes off to you, uh, the couple that stays together and pictures together. Yes, no doubt. Um, Trevor, before we move forward, <clears throat> uh, I would like to do something a little special here okay um i I don't know if we're really going to get much out of it other than um if you would and if you're listening right now please send prayers to the jordan leatherman family Mm -hmm. 
Jordan just recently lost his father, Todd. Um, and he's one of our, he's one of our family here at stock talk, yes. you know, uh, previous guest, um, uh, a young breeder that's, that's doing a lot of great things for our industry. So please keep them in your thoughts and prayers. Um, I, I know that they are going to set up a memorial scholarship fund in his honor. Very, so, very cool. Uh, and, and that will be in, uh, going for um, you. Uh, it's a youth scholarship for those in the livestock industry looking to further their education. So Jordan said, be on the lookout for uh, more information there, but our thoughts and our sincere uh, respects we pay we pay to uh todd leatherman and, and his family jordan and katie and the rest of the crew there uh we love you guys we're thinking about you um jordan also has a sale coming up soon by the way yeah so yeah. i actually believe the sale was monday so if you didn't get one bought too bad well go look him up for the next one because i'm sure he yep. has more uh, yeah. And, you know, I was at the uh, Thompson wedding, which congratulations, Brianna and Austin Thompson. Uh, yes. That was an incredible event, beautiful place. And so was Brianna. Uh, the, the, and the reason I say that is because that is like a, a family atmosphere. You know, uh, I saw a lot of the, the team that was before us at Blackhawk. I got to talk to those guys and uh, some of the other industry folks there. And it was just a lot, a lot of fun. Had Emily with me. Uh, and you're exactly right. Just talking about, uh, Jordan's dad there, uh, they are part of our family now. And I think when you go to an event like that, where you, I, I told you, I'm like, I'm not sure who's going cause you weren't there. And like, everybody had other things going on. And I was like, I, I don't know who's going to be there. And you, you walk into a room like that and you're like, Oh, well, heck <laughs> yeah. everybody's here. And it, it does seem like family. Yep. Sure does. Well, and it's, uh, I'm telling you, this this livestock community we've got is something special. Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, and I would not uh, want to go any further without congratulating you, Uncle Corey. Yes. Yes. And I am an uncle, officially. Specifically. A fun, a fun cult, as I like to say. A your brother, cult. Tanner, his wife, Lexi, baby Memphis Edge is into the world. He's here. All eight pounds, two ounces, and 20 and a half inches of him. <laughs> Uh, that's awesome there's some epds for you yes love it the edge edge men are not calving ease (laughs) no i wouldn't think so um so um you know it's it's awesome to you know we got to make sure we send prayers to the letterman family uh and uh it's also nice to congratulate those who are maybe starting a life together or starting uh creating a life (laughs) yes yes little family all right well I got something special also. This is just all kinds of craziness happening hey. in this episode. All right. Before we break down our Breed'em, Ship'em, Show'ems, we have the awesome folks at Formula of Champions brought to you by Kalmbach Feeds. But now we've got a guest to explain a little bit more about Formula of Champions and that program. So we would like to welcome a bonus guest of this episode, Levi Richards. Man, thanks for joining us for a quick little segment here. While to get started, just tell us a little bit about what's unique about Formula of Champions. Yeah, thanks a lot, Trevor. We're really excited to work with you guys and uh, kind of be a part of what you guys are bringing here to the industry. So with Formula of Champions, you know, we're owned by Kalmbach Feeds. And a big thing at Kalmbach is we always like to say we go the extra mile, um, you know, in a lot of different aspects. But, you know, in the Formula of Champions especially, we do go that extra mile or so uh, to really guarantee a high quality and consistent product. Um, we probably focus as much on uh, gut health and performance as any of our competitor products out there. So uh, some things that we do, the first thing is a, a big component of our entire program is a, a product called OptiFirm XL. And this is actually a part of every single um, complete feed that we offer within the Formula Champions line. What this is, is a a strain of yeast. It's a probiotic and prebiotic that really just helps maximize uh, that fortification level, helps maximize the digestibility. So really you're getting the utmost uh, nutrition out of every pound of feed that your animal intakes. Um, Another thing that we do is uh, we use a Zinpro Avela 4 chelated trace minerals in every product to really maximize that fortification level. Uh, and, and, you know, another big thing that we've done here the last few years, we were having, we, we really weren't happy, um, with the consistency of molasses we were buying from some of these other molasses companies. So we kind of took matters into our own hands a few years ago and decided we were going to build our own molasses plant. 
And since then, we've been able to make a very consistent, um, high quality molasses product that actually gets uh, blended with a, a high fat level and sprayed onto these feeds. So, you know, every time you open that bag, you notice how evenly coated the molasses is. It's very consistent every time. Uh, and the feed always has a nice, fresh look to it. So that molasses has really taken our, our feeds to a whole nother level as far as that consistency and seeing the same high quality product every time you open that bag. Oh, no doubt. Uh, and the smell hits you in the face and you want to eat it. It sure yourself. does. <laughs> Absolutely. So is there I, anything? You know, I, I also, I like to, I like to brag about our, our climate controlled warehouse facility. Um, you know, that's just one more thing that we do, but, uh, and it's not that, not that we climate control it. So it's, you know, 75 in the winter and 68 in the summer, but we like to keep the temperature, uh, very consistent throughout the entire year. Mm. So those feeds aren't, aren't facing, you know, any of those extreme temperatures before they go wherever they're going, because, you know, we are shipping to down to Florida, we're shipping out West, we're, we're shipping to the South and, and up North They're they're going all over the place. We want it to really stay as consistent, um, and, uh, and, and the same, I guess, uh, in the same kind of warehouse, the same kind of climate before it hits that truck. Yeah, exactly. Now, is that some of the things you're incorporating in your, in your cattle feeds or what's kind of new coming up, uh, in the cattle show feeds? Yeah. So the cattle line, uh, has been extremely successful. I, I love these products. I feed a lot of these products myself, in fact. Um, and we've got great products all the way from beginning to end. And I'm, I'm not going to talk about every product because we don't have time for that. But, you know, right from the very beginning, we've got a great product called Show Calf Accelerator. It's very versatile. You can use it for sale prep. You can put it in your creep feeders. We can feed them, you know, up to five, 600 pounds or even further. Um, but a new, a new product that we are coming out with this year, or just came out this year, is called Fully Charged. And this is a super, super unique product because... Uh, it's so high fiber, but it's still a fortified product. So it's actually corn free. Uh, most people scratch their head at a corn free cattle feed, <laughs> but that's what's so unique about it. Um, you know, once we get these heifers kind of maxed out on condition and we just want to keep growing them and we want to really just maximize that, that depth of body, spring of rib, just overall uh, volume in these heifers, uh, but not push the fat anymore. Uh, we're able to do that now with fully charged, you know, it's, it's going to help continue them to grow, but kind of maintain their condition without losing that freshness, which is so important. Um, you know, instead of just throwing a bunch of beet pulp or a bunch of cottonseed hulls and losing that fortification that we talked about, um, you know, we're now able to do that and still keep a, a high level of fortification uh, going into these show heifers at all times. Also really useful in, in holding our steers. Yeah, no doubt. And that, that is unique, a corn-free feed that uh, can still have that kind of effect. So uh, now this is just the tip of the iceberg, folks. So uh, I hope that you can uh, dig into a little bit more. And Levi, tell our listeners uh, where they can find more information about these products and uh, the programs that you guys offer. Yeah, absolutely. So um, my three favorite places to look for more information on these. First is formulachampions.com. Uh, we've got great details and uh, even more on the website than we do in our product books. So you can find every tag, every product sheet for every single product in the line on formulachampions.com. You can also follow us on Facebook. It's just Formula of Champions. We do a lot of cool little contests and uh, product features and customer spotlights and things like that on, on Facebook. So we like to be really active there. And lastly, uh, it's a really good place to look would be combachfeeds.com because, you know, that is our parent company. And uh, there's a lot more products for your cow-calf uh, operation or all species across the board that you're going to find on Kalmbach Feeds, more so than just on formulachampions.com. Excellent. Well, Levi, thanks for joining us for a little bonus interview here, and we look forward to getting into some other species uh, in the months to come. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you soon. So, Cor, I do believe it's your turn for Breedem Shipham Show. And we got a submission by Tori on Facebook. And it's really simple, folks. All you got to do, just pull out your phone and send them in. And if we use your Freedom Ship and show them, you're in a drawing for a free hat. So here we go. Corey, breed one, ship one, show one, brought to you by Tori on Facebook. Okay. Okay. Here I am, the bull. Oh, boy. The Monopoly himself. Or style okay. the Angus bull. Holy buckets! Why? Why would you put that one on me, Tori? Uh, <laughs> thank you. 
<laughs> Thank you for that. Now I have a feeling people are going to have some strong opinions about how this one needs to go. Uh huh. I also have some strong opinions about how this one needs to go. So this all depends on what kind of a situation you're going to find yourself in. Yes, this one, like we had some really detailed ones in the past. This one's like very vague and open, so yeah, we can go a lot I mean, of ways. And that's what that's what makes it interesting. Okay, now <clears throat> I will say. From what I have seen, I've never bred to any of these bulls before in my life. So I haven't had a cow to breed them to. However, I do know that in terms of versatility, quality, and without a doubt, one that works on lots of different kinds, style is the one that I'm going to breed. Okay. It's happening. The man. Okay. I just feel like I've got an opportunity to create genetic progress across multiple breeds, and yet he's still an Angus bull that I can make purebreds with. Uh -huh. So, okay, we're breeding, we're breeding style. So, here's the real question. <clears throat> Obviously, Monopoly, here I am realistically, he's not that young. I think he's nine years old or something like that. So, and, and obviously, Monopoly has been aged and cloned, which is interesting that we're having yes. this episode, uh, several times, uh, probably like 37 times at this point. <laughs> but my guess, my guess is that if I want to haul, if I want to walk into Denver with a display bowl, one that is as hairy and as trendy and good looking as here I am was when he got pictured, I got a hard time trying. I got a hard time not hauling that one. So mm -hmm. I, I realize Monopoly has done a lot for the industry. So is here I am though. Yep. Let's not forget that here I am is as widely successful as any of them. And that thing's an absolute show pony on the end of a halter. We're taking here I am as a show bone. We're going to ship Monopoly. Boom. Whoa. <clears throat> Man, Tori, yeah. that's a good one. Thank you for sending that in. Um, because and if you hold on, I know we'll say this. If you disagree and you want to breed here, I am or monopoly because you're a show steer person, by all means, go ahead. But I feel like I can make more money breeding the style. So yeah, I feel like the answer is pretty solid. The business anyway. breed itself too, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah. And I mean, Hey, this is what this uh, segment's for. So, uh, talk, let's talk yeah. about it. Yeah. Let's talk about it at me. I don't care <laughs> at me, uh, but seriously, send them in. Uh, we're, we're getting a lot of them in and uh, we're, like we're going to put you in a drawing for a hat and it's only a couple episodes away before we're going to pull that drawing out. And of course, brought to you the hat itself by Fierce Threads. And we'd like to thank Formula of Champions for sponsoring Breedem, Ship and Show them. No doubt about it. Holy buckets. That was a good one. Yes, that was a good one. All right. Well. I'm excited to talk some genetics and some technologies. So, Corey, do what you do best, man. Let's bring in Sarah. All right, folks, we finally get into some genetic discussion with a person who essentially was raised in Transova genetics, which I'll, I'll put it this way. She knows her stuff. She's been around it her whole life, working for Transova now for roughly nine years, I believe she said. Yes. Um, and comes from a great show cattle family, an awesome background, a person who is leading the marketing efforts of one of the most cutting edge reproductive technology groups out there. Please welcome to the show, Miss Sarah Kober. Well, everybody, welcome back to another week of Stock Talk. We have another interesting topics to cover with our great guest. Sarah Kober is with us. Uh, she's going to give a little bit of background about herself, and then we'll touch on some topics around that. So, Sarah, thanks for joining us. Uh, it's exciting times here in the stock show world. Uh, all those shows are canceling and everything's kind of everywhere. It's still exciting times. So thanks for taking the time to join us. Um, thank you both for having me. It's an honor to be asked to join this today, and I'm, I'm anxious to get into some of the discussion that we are looking forward to having. So thank you again for having me. You bet. Well, hey, just to get started, just give us a little background about yourself and kind of tell our listeners what you do for a living and how you got started. Sure. Um, so 
backing up to a long time ago because I'm aging myself, but I grew up in Northwest Iowa in Sioux Center. And I grew up on a small family cow-calf operation. I was actively involved in a multitude of activities growing up, but I was very heavily involved in 4-H and FFA. And the older I became, the more my family and I spent time at cattle shows. And so my family includes uh, David Faber, my mother Kay, and then my two brothers, Dan and Tyler Faber. Um, Once I graduated from high school, I attended Iowa State University for my undergraduate degree. And then after four great years there, I ventured to Oklahoma State and I obtained my master's degree down there. And throughout that time, I remained involved in the show cattle industry kind of throughout that. My brothers were enough younger than I was that it was kind of a family event all the way through my college years. Uh, My first job out of college was for the American Hereford Association, which I very much enjoyed. Um, The marketing director at that time reached out for me to do some part-time marketing for Transova, and eventually that became a full-time job. And so I've been with Transova officially for close to 10 years now. And I say officially because if I back up again, about four-ish years before I was born, my father, uh, Diane Brook and Daryl Funk started a company called Transova Genetics. And so I guess I can kind of say that I grew up alongside of Transova. And in fact, if you've ever been to the headquarters or the main office there in Sioux Center, there's a brown house upon entering the, the office area. And that was the house I grew up in. And so, yeah, like I said, I kind of grew up there and it's just kind of evolved along a part of my life, I guess. You could say that probably destiny had it in, in the cards for you just to go ahead and work for Transova eventually. So, <laughs> yeah. And you say that, and that's funny because when I decided my career path um, for college, I decided I was not going to vet school because everybody assumed that that's what I was going to do. And so I decided to kind of separate myself and I wanted to kind of stand on my own merits, uh, if that makes sense. And so I went down this whole other path. And then of course, life has a funny way of bringing you to where you need to be because I still ended up working for Transova Genetics and <laughs> I absolutely love it. So Life has a funny way of bringing you to where you need to be. Yep. No doubt about it. Well, so obviously a a historied past with, with Transova and and just your uh, background growing up showing livestock. So uh, we're really interested to dive into some of these topics here because uh, we haven't really had a chance yet to, to dive into too much genetic discussion Um, and, and something that I know Trevor and I are, very passionate about and, and very interested in. So um, obviously being a sheep kid, uh, you know, what we do with genetics now uh, has drastically changed since I even started um, showing livestock. And so that's, what's made it really fun and, and unique. So let's maybe talk about some of the evolution of just kind of the reproductive technologies, uh, kind of where it started for Transova and, and maybe where, where it's led up to now. Like you, like you've already mentioned, there's been so much change in the past few years, or I mean, even more than that, there's just been continual change within the industry. Um, You know, reproductive technologies really began, we, right now we think about embryo transfer in vitro fertilization and all the other technologies, but it really began with artificial insemination in 19, like in the 1950s. And since then, there has just been this continuum of improvements within all of these technologies, um, specifically to Transova, we talk about the introduction of embryo transfer in the late 70s, early 80s. Um, And a little known fact is that it used to be a surgical procedure for both the collection and the transfer. And so I think right then and there is a really true showcase to how much the the industry has evolved and the improvements that have occurred because clearly we've moved to non-surgical procedures and you know, not only have we improved in conventional embryo transfer, but we introduced new tools such as embryo or in vitro fertilization in 1991 or 1992. And there have there's been a world of improvements within the in vitro fertilization technology itself. And you know, kind of rolled into those advancements is the introduction of sex semen or the ability to reverse sort semen was an advancement that has been a a major player influence in a lot of people's breeding programs and definitely an asset to the toolbox that we have at Transova. Um, So there, there, there is a, something along those lines is, you know, I feel like anymore the the process seems normal. I mean, it's just, uh, 
I almost want to say that we take it for granted the fact that these technologies are available to us and we can, you know, genetically progress much faster than we used to be able to. So can you like, can you speak a little bit to, um, you know, the history of that exactly, you know, that genetic progress, you know, what was it that made Transova decide this is the path that we need to take in order to continue forward? Um, you know, back when my, my dad and Diane Brooke and Daryl Funk, they started this small vet practice in Northwest Iowa. And it's interesting to hear my father speak about it, but he, you know, he had this vision that he, there was embryo transfer, but it wasn't really that widely applied. And I think they saw that opportunity for, you know, this could be a game changer in how people evolve their programs. And so we talk about, you know, taking elite animals within a program and kind of capitalizing on that. And I mean, it's really been such a shift for our industry. I mean, you think about where we would be without some of these technologies and it's kind of, it's hard to believe a world without it, so to speak. Right. Yeah. And and what Corey said about taking it for granted, I mean, my background and, and the hog deal just simple AI. I mean, where would we be now if we didn't have that? And the everybody has access to genetics all across the country. And it's always fascinated me. I'm not very well versed in uh, IVF and ET and, and how it works. And that's kind of, uh, I wanted to get my own knowledge. And then obviously our listeners can tune in too. But kind of explain the basics uh, of the these different technologies and the benefits that it brings to some of the producers. So uh, let's just start with e- embryo transfer. It's something that uh, a lot of uh, small ruminant people are using now. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, it's been very popular in cattle, both dairy and beef. So uh, maybe walk us through that, and, and we can get into some of the other technologies for maybe somebody that is strictly pig like me who has really no idea how it works. So uh, just walk us through that. Sure. So when we talk at Transova, we talk about conventional embryo transfer. And the way I like to explain it is conventional embryo transfer is considered in vivo embryo transfer. And then, you know, we'll refer later and we'll talk about in vitro fertilization, which is obviously in vivo versus in vitro. So in vivo means within the cow and in vitro means within the dish. And that's referring to the point of fertilization. So with embryo transfer, um, you're, you know, super ovulating that donor in order to gain more calves for the year, whatever your goals might be, but you know, you're actually taking fertilized embryos from that donor and in vitro fertilization refers to in the dish, meaning when you go through the in vitro fertilization process, you're actually collecting unfertilized oocytes, which an oocyte is an unfertilized embryo. And that fertilization process occurs after the retrieval from the cow. So that's the difference between the two. Um, Yeah, I'm sorry. What else do you want me to go on that one? No, that's good. Um, one of the things that I, I probably would suggest to um, to those listening is to understand that that difference um, between IVF versus um, you know conventional because you know uh, and truthfully I, I don't know the answer but I would say that there's probably advantages and disadvantages to each yeah. um, and and maybe just talk through some of that kind of stuff. Sure. Sorry. I got flustered. Good. <laughs> um, so embryo transfer is beneficial for multitudes of programs throughout the United States. And there's instances where it is the perfect fit. And at Transova Genetics, we always talk about tailoring our toolbox of services to your goals and everybody's goals look different. And so some people embryo transfer is the best fit. And for some other operations, in vitro fertilization is the best fit. And while there's multitudes of people doing embryo transfer, some people will say, well, what's, you know, what's the difference between embryo transfer and IVF? Or what can I do in IVF that I cannot do in embryo transfer? And IVF, there's a few things that we always like to highlight. And some of those are the reverse sort capabilities. So not only do you get to gender select um, for your preferred gender, but ultimately you're eliminating an opportunity cost and specifically in the dairy industry that that opportunity cost can be huge. Mm-hmm. Um, even in the beef industry, if I give my, my dad's cow calf operation as an example, you know, he runs approximately hundred to 150 cows. 
And if like, if we were just to breed for show steers and show steers alone, you know, if you go with conventional odds, you know, you only have 50 calves to work with for, for that year. And, you know, with the ability to reverse sort semen or gender select, obviously you have the ability to skew that number up significantly. And so obviously there's advantages with that, but, you know, sometimes people forget about that opportunity cost can be huge for many programs. IVF also allows the option um, to kind of go with um, an age or range of collection. Mm -hmm. So we can collect young heifers, um, you know, at a very young age compared to embryo transfer. And then to go to the opposite end of the spectrum, we do pregnant donors. And that is one that we like to tell producers about is you can IVF, you, you know, do an IVF procedure on a pregnant donor. Um, and that really helps with maintaining the optimal calving window. You know, historically, maybe you had to keep a heifer open or a donor open in order to do that embryo transfer. And IVF really allows you to kind of stay within that calendar that you're looking to, to hit. And so that's one of the major benefits. Um, another benefit of IVF is that it's done every two weeks versus uh, conventional flushing is probably about 45 to 60 days between those, those ET procedures. And so if you're in a time crunch, obviously that ability to, you know, to really do more procedures within a certain time frame uh, is a benefit. Um, another one is that, you know, we, you guys talked about the semen industry and how influential that's been. And there's that rare and really expensive semen out in this industry. And IVF is a great place to use that because there's the ability to extend that semen across multiple donors with with the caveat that, you know, every, not all semen's created equal, not all donors are created equal, but that is a great place to use that very valuable or, you know, expensive semen because you have an opportunity to cover more. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, so I, I'm curious just because, you know, obviously lots of people genetically offer, you know, IVF embryos versus conventional and, and, and whatever that may be. Is there, in your opinion, is there an opportunity um, that's being missed by ET versus IVF? Do you think more people, obviously there's probably a little bit more cost savings doing embryo transfer versus IVF, mm -hmm. but in your opinion is, do you see more people going the IVF route because of the capabilities that you have to reverse sort, gender select, extend semen, all that kind of stuff? Uh, the advantages with it is it is it worth that to people more than than ET? Um, you know, we've definitely seen a huge uptick in our in vitro fertilization clients, people capitalizing on some of those benefits. But with the caveat that embryo transfer sometimes is the right answer for some programs, and it all boils down to what a producer's goals are. And sometimes embryo transfer is exactly what they need, and sometimes they need those added benefits with in vitro fertilization. And there's, you know, our client service representatives walk clients through these series of questions, and it's all about an individual's goals. And so sometimes one's the right fit, and sometimes the other's the right fit. Um, but just knowing what those goals are and then kind of tailoring that toolbox of services. Sometimes there are breeders that use both um, and do so very successfully. So it's not, it's not really necessarily an either or. Sometimes it's an either or and it's a boat. Yeah, I want to kind of expand a little bit on the, the sex semen and gender selection because it's so valuable. Uh, obviously, if, if you've got a, a heifer that you want to get another heifer out of or, or you know, eventually an older cow that you've got to replace. And uh, have you seen any of that happening in the swine industry yet? Or is there tests going for all gilt litters or all boar litters? Obviously, you have the advantage uh, naturally that you can get both. Uh, but I know there's some there's some talk out there that if there is a sow out there that has made boar after boar after boar, why not make them all boar? So is that a thing or is that coming down the pipe? I think that's something I'm not sure I'm the most equipped person to speak to that one. Obviously there's a lot coming down the pipeline and there's, you know, we've talked about the continuum of improvements that have happened within our industry. And I think we're kind of only on the edge of the iceberg, so to speak on what is going to happen and what, you know, what we can project will happen down the road. So that's one that I might have to go refer to. There's multitudes of people at Transoa that are 
crazy more intelligent than I am. And, you know, they always say, don't be the smartest person in the room. And I've definitely succeeded at that goal with my coworkers because there are people that are very intelligent in that area. And so I would probably leave that question for somebody who can answer it yeah. more accurately. Cora, I can. think this would be a good multi uh, section. I mean, we've got an expert on now. We pull another one out. There'd be a lot of questions yeah. answered, I think, within right. that team. Yeah, yeah, this could this could be an entire series we do on on genetics. I think it'd be really cool. Are you ready to take your marketing and design to the next level? Tarbell Marketing and Design is a livestock-savvy marketing agency that will get you thinking out of the box. Every first-time customer can get 15% off if you mention Stock Talk Podcast. Visit ChooseTMD.com today. The difference is in the details. So, Sarah, you've got, you've got an opportunity in your role to help with the marketing program. And this wasn't really on our list, but I'm sure you could speak to it pretty easily. So when it comes to marketing for a company like Transova that has such a deep portfolio of, of things that you guys can accomplish for a, for a program's genetics, uh, what's, what's the most challenging part of your, of your job? And then maybe what's some rewarding things that you see come out of being able to give people the opportunity to expand their genetic uh, value? Um, I guess the most challenging thing about marketing at Transova is that there's so many factors and so many aspects to the reproductive technology industry, you know, and some people will say, you know what, I tried IVF and it just didn't work for me. And I would just reemphasize to people that, you know, one IVF experience isn't indicative of how it will work every time. And every donor is different. Every situation is different. Every program's goals are different. And so we have to market, you know, create marketing materials to kind of cover every nook and cranny within our industry, whether it's, you know, a dairy program, whether it's a beef program, or, you know, we have a small ruminant program now. And, you know, there's just so many aspects to cover. The other challenging thing I would say is that we as an industry or as a company are very technical and scientific. And so Emily Warnemont, my coworker and I, we constantly have to kind of regurgitate that information um, and make sure we pull out those key benefits because we as Transova employees or team members, we want to push all this information out at everybody. Like, you know what, here's this, this, and this, and this, and this is what we'll, you know, there's, there's not a technically an equation for success, but there's so many factors that go into it. We just want to make sure that, I mean, your success is our success. And so just making sure we get that information to people in a way that is digestible. Yeah. I could imagine at times it feels like drinking from a fire hose. And uh, <laughs> I I very much know, know that feeling with, with previous roles as well. Um, but, you know, I think one of the, one of the very neat things that you have an opportunity to do in your position is to truly show people how they can make genetic progress quickly, or at least master, you know, some areas of their programs that they already know work well. And so, um, what do you have any like good stories or just, um, neat things that have happened since, since your time being at Transova that, you know, you just, you talk to a breeder and they try something for the first time and they're a little skeptical about it, but then something magical happens out of it. Yeah, there's, I guess I would say Transova in general is fueled by success stories and that's the success stories of our clients. And all the time we get stories about, you know, this donor did this for our program, or, you know, we were able to create this many bulls and our bull sale, um, you know, produced X number of dollars. And so those are the stories that really kind of keep us going. And a lot of team members at Transova Genetics are also cattle producers, um, you know, sheep goat producers ourselves. And so we understand that those successes and how huge they can be for programs. And um, to go back to one of your later points, one of the benefits of my job at Transova is you see genetics across the United States going from one place to another. We've talked about how that continuum of improvement has allowed that to happen. And while we might work with clients who have a strong foundation or they already have built their legacy, um, they might be contributing to another operation and that might be the starting point for another person's brand new legacy. And so just seeing those 
relationships within the industry build and kind of transgress through time is definitely been one of the major bonus points. Yeah. Cool. And that's pretty neat too. Like uh, you're the employees of Transova are in the trenches themselves kind of using these technologies. It's not like they're throwing it out there for customers just to see if they work, but they know it works themselves and obviously have done the research to do that. So it's always yeah. intriguing. I, I, th this, the evolution of that has been amazing uh, yeah. in, in the way it's done. So, well, let's, you know, when, when we have to call a client with maybe not ideal results. Like we feel that down in our core too, because we know exactly what that means. And so, I mean, when I say we celebrate the successes, it's because we know that, I mean, we know if it was us, that's exactly what we would want to hear. And so our team as a whole works towards that because we know within ourselves, that's what we would want for us. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure, I'm sure too, uh, over the years, you guys have been able to manage risk a little bit better just based on, you know, the science behind things and, and obviously conception rates and the ability to super ovulate a, a cow or a doe or, a, you know, whatever it is, mm -hmm. is very much relying on the animal itself. And sometimes you are completely out of control of that kind of thing, um, which kind of goes back to one of your points of like, if it doesn't work one time, like maybe try it again or try something different, try it on a different cow, try it on a different you know, you or whatever it is. We talk about every donor is different. Every mating is different. Every day is different. And that's probably one of the struggles with um, talking to clients is there's so much, so many factors that play into it, right? That you can, the stars can align just right and you can have a great day and other days you don't. And honestly, I just, I always encourage people to talk to their client service representative or one of our veterinarians, because there's so many factors that play into it. Um, just that, you know, like you said, if one donor doesn't work, it doesn't mean it's not going to work for your other donors, or it doesn't mean that donor won't do what won't be wildly successful in the next round. Um, it's just a kind of about paying attention to those factors that you can control. And then the rest is just kind of out of your control. And that's probably the hardest thing is there's so much out of our control. I mean, it's a biological process, so we can't control all of it. Oh, that's huge. And, you know, there's so many environmental factors too, or, you know, it handling it, shipping it, whatever, whatever the case yeah. may be, you hear, uh, bull, bull studs, boar studs, they get a lot of angry phone calls because, uh, their semen was quote unquote bad or, uh, the female didn't get settled or whatever, you know, and I can see how that would be an issue or, or maybe a concern for a lot of people. But it, like you said, every situation is different and it, you know, the female could be going out of heat that day or the, it could, the box could have been opened and, and exposed to heat or whatever, whatever. Uh, yep. so it can certainly be a challenge, but, uh, we've got a breakdown that we're going to get into and, uh, pretty excited to hear a little bit more about it. So we'll slide right into a segment we like to call the breakdown. Of course, brought to you by Brad Halfor in Kokomo, Indiana. A uh, beautiful day to go find a nice Ford at Brad Halford. Their award-winning customer service will lead you in the right direction. Just give them a call, set up an appointment, and go to Brad Halford. So, we're going to break down cloning, folks. And that's something that has been very, very successful and popular in the stock show world we live in. And Sarah, I just want you to maybe do the, the layman terms of what maybe clone, cloning is. And then for some of our expert listeners, uh, maybe we can break down the success rate that it's had or how people have used it. Uh, maybe some positives, maybe things we need to improve on just everything cloning. Let's just break it down. Sure. So cloning technology allows breeders to recreate the genotype of a superior animal, which provides as a source to extend their genetic influence. Um, I like to tell people that a cloned animal is just an identical twin born at a later place in time. Um, we commonly say that cloning makes the irreplaceable replaceable. So whether that's a rock star animal, and for everybody, their rock star is different, whether they've hung a bunch of banners in the show ring, whether it's a breeding piece that's been really successful in your program, um, you know, it makes that kind of once in a lifetime animal, twice in a lifetime. Um, through the cloning process, Producers can duplicate the animals that contribute the most in their herds. Um, it affords breeders a really unique opportunity to replace 
an animal that's lost early in its breeding career, um, whether due to death or injury, um, perhaps, you know, sometimes you, you lose that animal before you even know the value of that animal. And so that cloning process allows you that opportunity to kind of replace that, that animal. Um, cloning technology can also help extend, we've seen producers use it um, to like extend an elite animal's genetic influence by increasing embryo or semen production um, through multiple cloned animals. So if you've got that rock star, you know, that's um, producing a bunch of semen, you know, having more than one semen producer is obviously an added benefit when you're looking to reach those particular goals. Um, one other area we've seen people use it is that cloning technology, you know, when, when you're showing steers and barrows and weathers, obviously their ability to reproduce is kind of limited um, quite a bit. And so with cloning, you can take you can create an intact cloned male for breeding purposes, um, adding genetics to the, you know, the pool, the genetic pool that would have previously been lost. And so that's a big one that we see um, clients utilize it for. We talk about a biosecurity issue. Cloning allows you to introduce those genetics and elite genetics without, you know, actually having to move animals or genetics around. Yeah. And so there's so much to cloning yet. And of our technologies that have improved, Cloning is probably the one that's improved as much or more than IVF has. I mean, when we first started, it was kind of a hit or miss technology. And now, especially within the swine industry, we clone more pigs a year than we do any other species. Um, to get into the nitty gritty of how the cloning process works. So um, you take a DNA sample from your genetic donor, and then you, we at Transova Genetics will create what we call a cell culture. And that's what we will actually use for the cloning process. And so we actually take on the other end of the spectrum an, an oocyte from another source. And we, what we call, we enucleate that oocyte, which is where we remove the nuclear material and then replace that material that we've removed with cells from that genetic donor or the animal we're looking to clone into that oocyte. And we kind of reconstruct it. And then we use electrical current to pass it through the media containing the oocytes to fuse those membranes of the donor cell to the inner nuclear membrane of the enucleate oocyte to um, form that embryo. And so then it kind of, after that stage has happened, um, it then be kind of comes like an IVF embryo where it, you know, it just progresses into an embryo and develops. And then we transfer it into a recipient similar to our embryo transfer in vitro fertilization program. So how do you genetically sort it to make sure that, you know, male versus female, or can you, is that technology developed? It has not. Um, what you provide is what you will get. So we do get that question a lot, but if you send in a tissue sample from a bowl, obviously, or, you know, a steer, whatever it might be, you will always get a male. Okay. Um, you get people say, you know what, we want to make heifers from this mating or, you know, heifers from this cell line. And it, if it was from a male, it's, that's what you get. So what you, what you give is what you get, I guess. <laughs> well, that's Very so fascinating. Uh, I remember in high school reading about, you know, Dolly, the sheep and like how that was born and, and mm -hmm. how it's evolved. But uh, I, I really didn't know how it, how it worked. And speaking of the, the castrated males, being able to actually recreate them and breed them. I, I really didn't think about that until, uh, you know, you hear some people doing it, but man, what an advantage uh, that you could have to re recreate that same thing. Uh, now, d do they really look the same? Like say, you know, color markings and everything. Uh, that's a question that, that was brought up a couple times, uh, uh, talked about cloning. It, are they absolutely identical in that regard? So when you talk about color patterns, um, they will look similar, but not necessarily identical. Like if you have a black baldy, by the, you know, for example, um, there will always be white on the face, but color cells actually migrate um, during the whole uh, process. And so you might, if you had three or four clones of that baldy female, they will all have white on their face, but the pattern of the white might look just a little different just because those color cells migrate. Um, yeah. and when it comes to cloning, people ask that question a lot, you know, does it look identical? And for the most part, yes, they are, they are genotypically and genetically the same, you know, by all means and purposes, their genomics are identical. They will breed identical. Um, we have some clones that look identical to their clones. We have some that maybe don't quite, and then we have some that actually look better. 
than their originals. And, and a good example of that is Apple was a famous uh, dairy cow within the dairy industry. And she actually got beat by her clone, Apple three um, <laughs> at the world dairy expo. And so, you know, there's a whole bunch of influence within clones. Um, obviously the genetics, you know, we, we call that about 25% and that is identical, but then the rest goes into about 50% as animal husbandry. And then, you know, especially in the show ring, we say about 25% is luck. And I think both of you know that the stars kind of have to align on that day. Um, if you're going to show a cloned animal and then expect a win or, you know, win with an animal and then expect a win with that cloned animal as well. Right. So there's a whole so, bunch of factors that play into that. Yeah. So, you know, all, all the time you hear people say, oh, you know, when this one dies, we're going to save an ear or we're going to, you know, punch a hole uh, in its ear or something like that. That just seems to be the popular term. So when you're collecting a tissue sample for, for cloning purposes, what is the, what's the best way to do it? And then is there a way to, you know, save that tissue sample and then, you know, five, 10 years later, like, okay, we're ready for it now. Sure. So we do what we call a tissue sample and like in cattle, we commonly refer to it. It's just a pencil, like size of a pencil eraser in the ear of the, the cow or the steer or heifer. Um, so it's not that big. Um, and then we take that as long as it's been kept cold. And the one thing we, we reiterate is those samples have to be treated in a certain way. And Diane Brook is our cloning manager at Transova and she is a wealth of information on all of this. And so normally when people reach out to me and say, Hey, we just won this show and we want a, a sample or, Hey, you know, my favorite donor is out back and she's not doing very well. I always just send them to Diane Brook because she is the most knowledgeable person by far on this topic. But anyway, like the tissue sample, we take it and develop it into a cell line. As long as it is kept cold, but not frozen. And those cells are intact when we receive them, we turn those into what we call a genetic preservation. And the genetic preservation portion is the first step in the cloning process. Um, the other alternative we offer is called an express tissue bank. And that's for producers who wish to reserve maybe a large amount of samples. Maybe it's not just one that you're looking to clone, but it's more than one. Those is where we take those cells and we don't develop them into a genetic preservation, but we have them kind of on file, so to speak. So that if you decided to move forward with the cloning process, we would then turn it into a genetic preservation and into the cloning, the cloning pipeline. Very cool. Yeah, the, the conversation though of, of phenotype is very interesting because you sometimes I've I've seen some clones that are I mean just awful phenotypically <laughs> genetically they're the same and then they end up breeding on the same exactly and that's what one of the things people will kind of dog on cloning every once in a while because they'll be like oh that one doesn't look anything like the original but they've cloned that animal for the specific purpose of being a breeding piece and then you hear oh well they breed just like the original and if that's the ultimate goal Sometimes you have to remember what the objective was in the long run. And those, the cloned animals for sure, they breed on hundred percent like their, their donors. Yeah. Yeah. Very. Uh, I, I love the topic of cloning. It's just, I've never obviously had one uh, to a point where I just thought this one deserved to be cloned. Um, but so I, I can imagine brother, it's a big decision. Um, my brother, Tyler showed a steer in 2008. This, this dates me and my family because we're a bunch of husbands in the industry, but my brother Tyler showed a steer in 2008 that won the Iowa state fair. And we turned around and cloned that steer and he won again in 2010. Like I said, a lot of that was probably sheer luck. And then we actually turned around and made a clone again and uh, displayed a bull and sold semen on that original steer that won in 2008. Hmm. That's incredible. Uh, how about cloning a clone? Is that, is that popular? You know, you get down, you hear of, you know, like the Monopoly seven or something like that. You know, is that, is that a clone of a clone? Is that? No, it's still a copy of the original. Of the original. Okay. Yep. <laughs> I'd be interested to see, you know, if you kept cloning clones on down the line, just if there's genetic variation that mm -hmm. can happen at some point, I think that would be kind of cool to study, but. I'm not I a scientist, think, nor do I care to go back to school. So <laughs> I think the, the genetic information is the same, regardless of yeah. you're just basically copying and pasting. So there, there shouldn't, there shouldn't be any variation technically.
quick break in the action, folks. Well, we need to tell you about Legacy Livestock Imaging. But before we do that, we'd like to give a shout out specifically to Heidi Anderson herself. She knows Sarah from working in the past, and she set up this interview for us. So shout out to her for uh, guiding Sarah to us and getting you this awesome interview itself. But getting back to Legacy Livestock Imaging, they are the leader in photography, rather it be your livestock, inside the ring or outside of the ring. They can do weddings, senior photography, or just photos of your family. They can do it all, folks. Her and her team and her wonderful husband, Charles, are sweeping the nation in front of the lens. So book today with Legacy Livestock Imaging. Head over to their website, LegacyLivestockImaging.com. Let's get back to the action with Sarah. Well, uh, this has been uh, super interesting, and and we know uh, we're kind of throwing a lot of questions at you, and it sounds like we may just have to have a Transova roundtable here before long, Corey. Uh, but you've done an incredible job of covering the topics that we've had so far. And we'll just kind of pull back the reins a little bit and maybe take a 30,000-foot view and just talk about maybe some of the lessons you've learned while being involved in the show stock industry. And this doesn't have to be just Transova. It can be you as a stock person, um, and maybe some of the lessons you've learned along the way. Sure. Um, I guess within like, uh, you know, if you're stepping back from an industry perspective, even within my marketing job at Transova, I can like, I consider us to be in the people business first and kind of the livestock industry second. And so I really think the livestock industry is about the relationships that are built, um, the legacies that have been built and then continue to live on. And I would say that the very cool thing about working at Transova is that, like I said before, you see genetics come from all across the United States, going from one place to another. And you see all these legacies that, you know, the ones that have been continued are the ones that are just starting. Just a few years ago, Transova ran an ad line that was called the power of the next generation. So not only are we raising livestock, but like I said, we're in the people business and it's a great place to create that power in that next generation of our youth and our industry. And I can speak to that from a personal standpoint because I grew up in the industry, I was a youth member and now I'm a mom in the industry and my kids are just starting to dabble in the show ring. And I know when we're out at the barn or when we're in the show ring, it's a great place to teach all of those I mean, it's a great place for all of those life lessons. And you know, when you grew up in the industry that your kids are going to learn those same lessons that were so valuable to yourself and to everybody else in the industry. Oh, 100%. Yeah, it's, I love the comment. It's, it's, it is a people industry and those who aren't people, people, persons, people, uh, people, 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 uh, but those who don't care to the, to do the customer service thing, if they're in the business, uh, they, they may struggle a little bit. Uh, and it's so true. If if you take care of people, um, then your livestock will also be taken care of. So it all goes hand in hand. So uh, sure. well, this has been awesome, Sarah. We really appreciated your time and uh, and your knowledge on all these topics. And we know uh, we kind of threw you some gotcha questions, or I guess Corey did, but uh, you, you answered them awesome. And we, uh, we really appreciate you uh, jumping on the show. Yes, thank you. I really appreciate you guys um, asking me to be a part of it. And I like the idea of involving more Transova team members, because like I said, I am by far not the smartest person that works for the company because we have people that have been with the company for 40 some years and people that are just a wealth of information. So I'm probably only scratching the, the tip of the iceberg on some of my answers. This will be a good appetizer maybe for for what's to <laughs> yeah. yeah, I uh, I I do think we should probably do a series on this uh, of just genetics and i think that'd be awesome but hopefully brad hook doesn't take our idea idea of, of genetics thanks brad love you buddy <laughs> you guys got there first there you go oh, shoot it's all it's all friendly no I, yeah I've, I've known brad hook i mean i grew up in iowa and showed against his his kids so i've known him for a long time but well, we really appreciate you and uh, best of luck showing here in the winter and uh, we'll see you down the road. Sounds great. Thank you both. I really appreciate it. You bet. We'll right. see you. Thank you. Holy buckets. We keep saying it, but uh, I think the amount of knowledge that is on those topics is hard to put in one episode. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's why I brought it up. We we got to make that a series. Um, I, I really think we, we could do some cool stuff with that. And, and 
multi-species, I really, if anybody does know of somebody doing research on the swine side of things, I would love for them to jump on the show too. Yes. I've got a pretty good contact for the sheep deal. So we'll get that one covered when it comes to uh, reproductive uh, technology, genetic stuff for small ruminants. Um, yeah. I, I really think that there's some cool stuff going on. And I think it's kind of important too. Like, you know, we talk about the clones and we talk about IVF and ET all the time. It's something that we have on our fingertips now, but we really don't appreciate as much how it works or what goes through it or, you know, why we do it, what, how we do it. And, uh, you know, even if it's basic knowledge for some, for others, it's not. And even if it is basic knowledge for you, it's kind of nice to hear it again to kind of appreciate it a little bit more. Right. And and just, you know, I think one of the key things is knowing the difference in disadvantages and advantages or or just different. Not really. There's not really any disadvantages to, to either. It's just depending on your goals, kind of like Sarah said in the episode. Mm-hmm. So it is kind of nice to have an opportunity to talk to somebody who lives and works in the trenches every day promoting the fact that these chances are or opportunities are available for people to utilize very in true. their programs very true man all right well an incredible episode and we forgot to do this last week we're going to get get in the habit of this uh cory had an awesome idea for question of the week uh so it's now time for question of the week this question of the week is if you would like if you could be any breed of cattle which would it be and why? Hmm. Boy, that's a really good question, Trev. Uh, I'm probably going to answer. I'm going to probably, I'm going to, here's how I'm going to answer it. Breed them all, Simmental. <laughs> there you go. I'd be a Simi more so just because, uh, People accept Simmentals that just have a little bit of extra chest and throat more so than other breeds. Yeah. And I have a little bit of extra chest and throat. So, um, and, you know, uh, I'm pretty, pretty fast growing. Uh, I feel like my, my uh, feed conversion uh, has been very good over the course of time in my life. Um, And also it's a, it's a popular breed, but it's not, it's not a business breed per se. You know, like you can the toy Angus around with it a little bit, yeah, yeah. So you know, I I feel like, uh, uh, yeah, I, I'd be a Simmental. Interesting. So does that mean I have to be a low line Angus just because I'm tiny? No, I, I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I wasn't necessarily going off that. I mean, because if we're just going by size and scale alone, I probably should have been like a full blood Maine or Charlet or just something. <laughs> but I'm not skinny enough to be a Maine and. And I probably just don't have as much muscle shape to be a Charlay. So um, we're, we're going to go. Yeah. If I, I, if I wasn't going off of like my phenotype, I think the Charlay cattle are so intriguing. And that's mainly because Emily's group of commercial cows that she has is very, very fast. Influence. Yes. And just, just nice. Nice. So. And, and Charlay. Interesting. You're pretty, you're pretty stout guy though. I don't feel like you could fit the bill. Yeah, well, just not. I don't know. Putting on some bark though. Need to need to change up the diet. Change the ration a little bit. Well, when you when you grow up and quit playing sports, it's what happens. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, guys. Well, that's good stuff. We appreciate Sarah and Levi both getting on the uh, the episode there. Uh, if you would please rate us on the Apple Podcasts. Uh, and give us a little bit of a review. It helps us out a bunch. And keep sending in your Breedem, Shipem, Showems, and just let us know what you think about the show. Uh, we're full steam ahead. And, um, man, I'm looking forward to next week. Got a lot of discussion and a lot of submissions um, and suggestions for future guests. So, that being said, guys, we love each and every one of you. Take care and have a good week. <laughs>